You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Well, we just wrapped up a conversation with Mike Yoder, the founder of Equip for Growth. And uh, after about a half an hour of our conversation, I felt like we were just getting started. I uh, still had a lot more questions, a lot more topics that I wanted to address with him. So I asked Mike to stick around and uh, we'll knock out a part two. And here it is. Mike, um, let's talk a little bit about goals and how we should approach goals, uh, how we can use goals as a really powerful lever to get the results that we want out of our organizations. So when I said that I started by writing a, a, a leadership development um, program, right, for, for people, um, it was all focused on me leading myself well. It was basically saying, look, we all have, yeah, there's some, there's some, some DNA, right, to whether I have, I'm a charismatic Charismatic, I think I just made a word up, a charismatic, more outgoing uh, leader type, or if I'm really quiet or reserved. I mean, there's different things. There's, um, there's DNA towards intelligence, right? There is. But at the end of the day, every one of us on this universe have the ability to be a leader of some, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so my wife would say she's not a leader, but she really is. Um, she has to do the things necessary to get the results that we need in managing the household and managing the kids, or she goes to her work and in successfully managing what she does in her work. It doesn't matter. So we're all starting off as leading ourselves, whether we become formal leaders where we're leading other people that might have a little bit more to developing skill sets and uh, growing our influence. So getting to all of that, it was based on being able to set goals. Um, every individual has this ability. And so I can sit down, whether I'm, managing i'm the ceo of a company with a thousand employees right and it's a you know it's a 500 million dollar company well or like i said i'm i'm a, i'm janitor jim you know i clean i sell out my services I, I clean uh schools for a living right it doesn't matter who i am i have the ability to set goals so goals are crucial like it's critical and it's not about setting goals it's about accomplishing them right so so this is huge um, I think, um, like a little bit of what I think, so, so taking it over to the EOS world, we look to the, um, we, we look to leadership teams to think in 90 day sprints and then teach their people to think in 90 day sprints. Cause this takes that goal thing. So, um, we call a goal, a one year goal or priority, right? So we, we set you to, we ask you to set out three to seven, one year goals. So less is more. Every, it's always less is more, right? So if we focus on three or four things crucial that we get done as an organization in this next year, it's going to set us up to keep growing and go forward. Well, then I want to look at the next 90 days and I want to set goals. We call them rocks, but I want priorities set. I want three to seven things we're going to get done in the next 90 days that are going to work towards accomplishing any one of those one-year goals. And just breaking it down like that into bites. Now, the next step is, um, and this is a personal thing, you know, not nearly EOS, but I, I just teach this to folks like, hey, take your priorities and then step back into that and go, what's in the way of me getting this done? And list out a few of my obstacles and then translate that to what are the action steps to overcome those obstacles? Focus on the action steps on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. 
And at the end of 90 days, bam, I will have accomplished my three rocks that I had or priorities for that 90 day period. That 90 day sprint mentality is so freeing to businesses because when we just think of the one year goal, hey, we came out of the planning session, we're fired up. And three months later, two months later, one month later, we had you know COVID hits or we had a new marketing shift or a new product came through or I lost a customer, I got two customers. I'm working and focusing on all these things and it's like, okay, cool, cool. All of a sudden this third quarter, coming in the middle of fourth quarter, I'm like, oh yeah, are we working on that goal? No, we got to look at it every 90 days because we can't stay focused more than 90 days. Squirrel, right? We can't stay focused for more than 90 days. Squirrel, you, you kind of catch that. As leaders, we get distracted. Um, and it's, it's sometimes real distractions. And so, again, part of that EOS world, we come together every quarter and just kind of hit the pause button and go, look, everybody just stop, take a breath. Let's look back at the last 90 days. What have we done? What did we goof up? How do we do grab anything we can learn from that and put it over here in front of us and then forget the rest. Just forget it. Move on. Now it's like, okay, what are our priorities going forward? And, and what key issues do we need to solve? And at the end of that day, people walk out super energized and refocused. Oh yeah. For another 90 day sprint. So goals, super important for anybody and everybody, but especially in business, breaking down into chunks, Right in the EOS world, we break them into 90 day sprints and have priorities each 90 days. Um, it, you can change the, your attitudes. You can change the way you think. You can change your trajectory. You can change your story, right? You can change it in your own personal life as well as in your business life, you know, in, in this world of, a, of running a company um, or being a great employee or a great manager. You can change all of that um, by using this tool called goals, right? I love that approach and the importance of, of maintaining focus. And it's still, it, it shocks me how many times whenever we work with companies and we talk about goals, what are you guys looking to accomplish? And almost every time they pull out a sheet and it's annual goals, it's just as you'd yeah. mentioned, they're annual yeah. goals. And this is where we hope to be in 11 months. And oh, by the way, I need to read it from the sheet because I don't even know what it is because- <laughs> exactly. You, you just look at it 11 months later. That is totally defeating the purpose. And we wonder why we don't get the results we want is we need to, we could use it as a tool. If you're only looking at it every six, eight plus months, it's not really a tool that's, that you're using. And we totally well, subscribe. Well, I think too, at the planning session, when we look back at the goals and we go, do we hit them and get them done? It doesn't turn into a, did we get them done? It turns into a, what are our excuses for not getting them done? Right. And we just start listing them. Well, first quarter we had this, second quarter we had this. And at the end of that, we feel good. It's like, oh, no, no, we, we need to feel pain. We need to mourn that. Right? We need to feel really, really sad. And we got to go, we had a different next time. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really powerful. Mike, um, let's talk about metrics or information, those scoreboards. Talk to us a little bit about the recommendations that you make or as you're working with teams, right. what's the importance of using data and having data informed decisions and using those scoreboards, those kind of green, yellow, red, so that we understand how we're performing? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing here is, is a delineation between what we traditionally look at in the business world as far as um, results, scorecards, right, or scoreboards whether and, and and i would say this 
you know, a financial, a monthly financial review or a quarterly financial review is great. And that's awesome. And what you're doing, so let's look at it monthly, right? So if I'm looking at my financial numbers monthly, it's given me a snapshot of looking back and, and it gives me a little bit of a chance to do a correction. So let's think about that. If I look at those uh, monthly, I get 11 chances to make corrections. Now, what if I do two things differently? I still have that monthly review, so I see those results, but I come back and I say, I'm actually gonna hold myself accountable to weekly. So I'm gonna build a scoreboard that has some key measures on it. And I'm just thinking up at the leadership level, this, this all flows down to where I have a, a scorecard for marketing, for sales, for uh, engineering, for manufacturing, for project management, whatever those other operational things are. And then I have a scorecard for finance. And I might have a scorecard for IT or, or, or administration. Um, but at the top level, I'm gonna have weekly measures, right? I'm gonna look at it every week. How do we do last seven days? Now, again, I'm still thinking of a result. So let's talk in terms of sales. So sales, how many dollars did we close last week? Well, we're a business that closes one deal a month. So last week I closed, you know, so I got to think about how I look at that and, and get creative. So let's make this a little easier. We're a company that actually closes a few deals a week, right? So I can look at a weekly number. How many did I close? What I really want to know though is I want leading indicators. I want something that makes me look smart, right? So I have tracked and I've managed our sales process enough to understand that for me to have two deals closed every week, right? Let's, let's even go further out. What do we want to do in a month? Well, in a month, we want to have um, 10 deals closed. Well, I'll do eight to make this easier. <laughs> eight deals closed, right? So that means I need two deals closing every week if I use four weeks, right? Um, so how many proposals do I have to put out? Well, our hit rate's about, it's about 50%. So we have two deals hit every week. I gotta put out four proposals every week. Well, for me to get four proposals, I need to have eight qualified opportunities uncovered, okay? Now, to get eight qualified opportunities uncovered, I need to be, um, I need to be uh, touching 100 of my warm leads to get eight qualified proposals coming out every week, or I need to touch 50 of them. So you see the process, we just work our way backwards. Now I look at some of those weekly measures that lead me to this monthly desired outcome. I put those on the scorecard, right? And we're gonna to touch on this in a second. I think you're gonna ask me about process, but just keep in mind, when I start looking at building processes, these are the steps that I, I wanna measure the steps. Those steps in our process are on the scorecard because if I do this, now it's not perfect, but so, so the, on the disc scale, the high C people out there that want things to be exactly right, just let go for a second, because this is not going to be perfect, but there really is a rhythm that if we have 50 phone calls every week, touches, we generate eight warmly uh, qualified opportunities. And for eight qualified opportunities, I can create four proposals. And out of four proposals, I hit two. Doesn't work every time, but that's our, that's our sales cycle for our company. So I look at those things. Every week I'm looking at the number of warm opportunities. I'm looking at the number of uh, touches done per week. I can break it down to my sales team then to my sales people. 
So then I can put that scorecard up and they can see that. They can see each other's numbers, a little bit of competition. Gotta like that, right? I'm sitting in the leadership meeting and can go, hey, we've got four weeks in a row where our number of proposals were below our goal. I can predict because of our sales cycle that next month our revenue is going to be down. Almost with certainty. I look really smart. So take that same thing, put it in manufacturing processes, right? Our outcomes, our safety, our on-time deliveries, they're right the first time. So those are the outcomes we want. What are the things we do in the process to make that happen? Um, an example, safety or, or, or injuries, right? So an example might be we do morning stretches. So every day we do morning stretches and that leads to a lower incident rate in a manufacturing setting. So just giving you some illustrations of how that works. Um, so scorecards, huge, but it's gotta be weekly as best you can. Sometimes you just gotta look at monthly, it's the way it is. But I want stuff, I, if I get weekly, I get 51 chances for correction versus 11. So using those, those leading indicators, which will predict an outcome. Yes. Yep. And then you mentioned the other side is having the lagging indicators, which are the results. And right. as long as we're right on our activities that truly predict outcomes, we're golden. We just need to identify what those numbers, what those activities yep. need to be and shoot for those activities. We call it being proactive, right? And <laughs> not reactive, right. well, proactive. Yeah, and so often, I mean, I'm not picking on anybody because I get it, it's hard. We're running businesses, it's tough. But this is the response. Well, we can't figure that out. Yes, you can, you're smart enough. You just gotta take the time to figure it out. And um, and, and it is difficult, like, like don't get me wrong. Uh, again, but keep it simple. So, so, so if I get too complex and I'm like, hey, I've got great numbers on here. It takes us two hours every week to get them on there. It's a waste of time. You know, don't, don't forget the old fashioned tick marks. Hey, um, you know, Judy, when you see this come through in our operations process, every time you see it happen, do a tick mark per day. And, and at the end of Friday, I get Judy's tick mark sheet and I put it in the sheet. It takes me a minute, two minutes to put it in there and it's valuable information. So. Um, but yeah, you can do it. You can figure it out. Uh, drive it all the way down to, um, in EOS, we say everybody has a number. So kind of in that right structure where we haven't talked at all about this, but just we build this thing where, where it's called an accountability chart. Um, it's kind of like an org chart on steroids. Um, everybody on that chart, it's tough to get there, but everybody on that chart has one, two or three key numbers and they're weekly if possible. And so you and I, um, we're leading teams and operations. We can go, hey, I can go, it's Wednesday, and be like, hey, Mark, where are you at on your number, man? What's your number? My number's eight. Oh, well, where are you at? I'm at six. Ah, you're gonna lose, man. I'm gonna beat you. I've already got, I already beat mine. It's Wednesday. I'm gonna beat it by two, you know, whatever. I mean, there's that, there's that, that part. And um, the other side of it is too, uh, when I'm failing, repeatedly, it gives somebody insight into it going, hey, Mike, what's going on? This is three weeks in a row, you're gonna lose your number. It might be, it might be a personal issue. It might be, I don't know how to do this. Things shifted and this, I'm confused. So it gets us aware of issues quicker than six months later going, we got to fire Mike, Mike, his numbers stink. And I'm like, uh, I didn't even know, you know. So it gives great insight, um, opportunity to correct. Um, so. Yeah. So Mike, as you had alluded to a few minutes ago about process, you know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs in particular, uh, the word process just makes them want to cringe. <laughs> root canal. Root canal. <laughs> like a root canal. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, we all want our businesses to run profitably. We want them right. to run predictably. We want, we want to know what's going on. Right. We don't like surprises. Isn't process and good process is, isn't that the answer? Yeah, it's too much work. Just skip it. <laughs> um, let me give some pointers into how to make this work better rather than just talk about process because it, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't sit there. If you're, we all know it matters, right? We know that having processes followed and documented. So, so the big picture is this, right? If I, I've got it, if I've got this, the process, if I'm systemized and I'm documented, it's on this piece of paper right here, I can manage to that. If I can manage to that, it becomes more effective. Like it, it does better. It becomes more efficient. Okay. What do those lead to? Profit, right? That smiles. That's why we go to the dentist for the root canal. Going, not fun. Being there, horrible. Two weeks later, when I can eat again and it doesn't hurt, amazing. So, um, it is critical what I can manage and what I do manage. Um, it, it, it can grow and it can improve. And so process, I can manage against that. I can't manage what is in Mark's head. Tim, why aren't you doing that? Well, Mark told me this, and then you told me this, and you said, you do, yeah, well, on Fridays, that's how we do it. But on Thursdays, you have to stand on your left leg, hold your right arm out to the side, and then pick your notes. I mean, it, it, we gotta have it simplified and documented. So here's my guideline to take the pain out. Um, in EOS, we call it the entrepreneurial documenting of core processes, right? As opposed to 77 pages, right, of our core processes. I've got a handful of core processes, six to 12. I have a people process. How is it that we hire people, get them onboarded, train them, benefit them, discipline them, offboard them? That's my people process, right? I can show you a document with a people process on one page. Doesn't have the employee manual with the details of benefits, but how is it that we interview? How is it that we bring them on? Everything I just said, I can show you that on one page. Now that's, that's a little more simplified than normal, but we call it documenting 20% of the process that gives us 80% of the return. And so I'll give you one other tidbit here. Every core process, so let me give, I'm sorry, let me back up. Um, a people process, I'm just gonna give you examples of typical processes in any organization. So then we have some sort of a um, marketing process. How is it that we generate interest? Now this isn't complex, but there's things we do to market ourselves. So what is the process? And if I define that, I then know what we're doing. Sales process, how do we move people from a warm lead to money? A closed deal. What is that process? Uh, operational processes. I could have an engineering process. I could have project management. I could have um, procurement. I could have I could I could have warehouse management process. I could put some of those together, or I could make you know say I have four or five operational processes. I then have some sort of a customer satisfaction process. If it's as simple as smiling faces and frowning faces, I don't care. Have customer feedback process simple we do this we do this we do this we're trying to get measurement um i have an accounting process money comes in goes out okay so 
there's this basic list of processes. Um, now, step back from that. As I go to document this, they need to be um, documented, simplified, and effective. Those are my three criteria. It's written down, it's simplified, and it's effective. Now, everyone starts with five to nine steps. So if it's your engineering process, write out the top level five to nine steps, and then just put bullet points in there. And, and, just, and, and if you end up with 15 pages, that's great. Now, go back and make that three. And just dumb it down. Add checklists on the back end. I mean, this is this is, this is golden stuff. Like it, it sounds simple, but that's what it takes to do. Um, in EOS, we work with folks and help them to get that done. Um, but bottom line, I'm just a coach that's saying, get it done, get it done. It's 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 incredibly strong. Now, I said this in the scorecard piece. In that sales process, part of that is we make we do seven touches to the to to, to warm leads. And then they either move on to a qualified prospect or we kick them out of the funnel or whatever. So there's a process, there's a step in the process that I put on the scorecard, right? And as I'm watching that over time, it verifies that this is the right process because it's leading to good results. If we're measuring steps in the process on the scorecard and we're not getting results, either people are lying, which again, don't get over that. They'll get better, right? And if someone is lying, then you'll exit them off the bus. Or the process isn't right. We need to adjust. Mike, I'd like for you to talk about, so in, in our system, in the SPLM, the last element is results, getting results. Yep. There's, uh, there's a couple different pieces to that element on our side, but I'd like to, uh, to, to discuss two different topics with you. One is meetings and meeting cadences, right? Mm -hmm. For a lot of folks, and that's kind of a four-letter word, and mm -hmm. we're too busy to, to meet or to have those communication points but then my experience people just hate inefficient meetings but mm -hmm. they love good meetings that are productive right. and so that's right. kind of on us as the managers and the leaders to make sure that we have productive meetings and then the yeah. second topic i'd like for you to hit on is just accountability what is accountability and then why is it so important i'd love for you to just chat a little bit about meetings and the meeting cadence and, and why that's important and if you meet it with a leader that says yeah i have one-on-ones with my people once a month Exactly. Is, is that acceptable to you? And, and what, what's, what does your conversation look like? So, um, so this is a fun one for me because uh, EOS has a thing. Um, so, so we ask the question, when I first meet with the leadership team, when they're, they're, they're interested, they're looking, right? They perhaps read the book, right? Traction. Does that come through? Back? Yeah, traction. They um, are interested. And I, I meet with their leadership team that's the most valuable meeting that they can have because they either figure out if this is something they want to do or not and it's free um, and they learn some tools so there's my little pitch right there if anyone's at all interested in this i'd be happy to give you 90 minutes of my time to do that and yes it's 90 minutes but it's with you and your leadership team this gets to the meeting cadence one of the questions i ask you in there is how effective are your meetings rate of one to ten and um the typical answer is an average of four meaning not so effective, right? Um, so we uh, have what's called a level 10 meeting. We basically say, look, we're gonna give you, um, so the meeting cadence is huge. I already mentioned the quarterly meeting, right? And so one of those quarterly meetings is what we call an annual. 
So once a year, we're actually going to spend two days working on the business. We are rolling up our sleeves. We're doing team building. We're doing SWOT analysis. And then we're revamping the whole vision, which is a two-page document. We're just kind of going through it and resetting it for the next, next year. So that's a big deal. And then we have the other three quarters, right? So there's that cadence of once a year, it's like hard stop. What are we doing going forward? We're checking everything. Our 10-year target, three-year picture, one-year goals, new rocks, solving issues, big deal. And then each quarter, we're like, hey, we're working on making sure we get stuff done so we accomplish this year's goals. Weekly, this weekly cadence with the, um, the leadership team, we call it a level 10 meeting because it's got to be eight or better or you are screwing up. You've got to be there. Now, here's how we help you do that. All this framework we build tools and we put your answers into the tools, a scorecard, a rock sheet, which are our 90 day goals. We have an issues list where we teach people how to solve issues so they go away forever for the greater good of the company. Um, we have a, a, a place in there where we capture seven day action items. Like what did we solve last week? We had action items to get done. Did they get done? It's called a to-do list. So we have these things built into it. So we give you the agenda for the level 10. It's the same day, it starts on time, ends on time, has the same agenda, and nobody misses it. There's two reasons for missing a level 10 meeting. It's uh, vacation and my death. That's it. And I'm being facetious, but it's incredibly important. Nobody misses it. Um, at the leadership team level, it's a 90-minute meeting, and the first time I say that to leaders, they all just like almost faint, right? What I typically find is within three to four weeks or five weeks, somewhere in there, they start to get a rhythm on this thing and they start to go, this is really helping. You get down the road five to six months and they're going, I couldn't survive without, I've wasted so much time doing, this knocks out all these spur meetings where it's Tuesday, our level 10 is on Monday, it's Tuesday, and I have something going on. I'm like, hey, Mark, you got a minute? I just took you off of what you're doing. We spend 30 minutes, we solve it, we go on, right? But I took you away from what you were doing, right? And then we got to tell everybody else about it. So we're going to waste another 30 minutes telling everybody else about it. It wasn't urgent. It wasn't. We got to get better at prioritizing. And I put that on the issues list. And so it gets into the meeting. Instead of interrupting you, I wait till next Monday. Next Monday, we walk into our level 10 and we get to the issue solving section. And I'm like, hey, Mark, here's what came up. And, you know, that's what I want to get through. You and I are with the whole team right there. We're all contributing. And you and I sit there and go, hey, here's how we should do it. And somebody else in finance goes, what about this? Oh, yeah, we never thought about that. So now we didn't waste 30 or 40 minutes in the middle of the week. We solved it right here in 15 minutes. And we had five heads working on it instead of one or two. Huge. So it's called the L10. Starts on time, ends on time, same day, same time, same agenda. Um, those are the five rules of this thing. And it's it's very powerful. We then teach people to then push it down to the organization. It's not 90 minutes then, right? Because they're uh, we got producers, right? People doing the work. And so we've got to make sure they're not doing that. But it's an amazing tool. And I get my team, my frontline workers solving issues. They're better at it than we are on half the issues, right? So I teach them that skill of solving issues, right? Um, one other comment, just in that heads up, in the agenda of that meeting, it's just reviewing our rocks, our scorecard, our to-dos. And there's also some a personal element of where everybody's just sharing a real quick update, right? When we start the meeting of, hey, personal, professional, best. 
what's happened awesome in the last week in your life personally and professionally so we have that human element to kind of psychologically get disconnected because it's maybe our meetings at 10 o'clock on Monday I already put out seven fires man I'm like stressed I want to walk in there and shift into working on the business and so that helps us do that and then we, we have just customer news, people news, any customer or employee, good news or bad news. That's, that's 30 minutes of the 90. It's just reviewing those things. 60 minutes, when we're good at this, we spend 60 minutes solving issues. And, and we don't just talk about them and, and solve symptoms. We teach you to dig in and solve the root cause for the greater good of the company. This is where we learn as a leadership team to take our ego off and set it over here. This is where we learn to collaborate, right? The good fighting, to have passionate debate, to run to conflict and go, hey, it's not you that's stupid. It's the idea you just put out there that I think is stupid, okay? Now let's wrestle about it. Oh, crud, I'm totally wrong. It's a great idea, right? We got to just get, got to run to that conflict. That's what issue solving is in, in our world. What we teach is we don't solve symptoms, right? A symptom, an example, hey, you know, last week um, we, we, we shipped an order to this customer. I got there two days late and they were livid. Okay, well, what do we do to fix it? Okay, well, we sent them, a, we gave them a 4% discount and we're going to go out and have Johnny do a quicker install. He's going to get there a week earlier to do this and get him fired. Great, we solved the issue. No, we didn't. That was a symptom. Why did we ship it two days late? Well, because this wasn't done. Why was that not done? Well, we didn't have the parts. Why didn't we have the parts? Well, because procurement didn't get them in order. Why didn't procurement order? Because project management didn't give them the heads up and the schedule wasn't right. Why was it? We dig till we get down and we uncover two or three root causes to that issue, that symptom, right? Now let's solve those root causes because the truth is there's only about 27 or 30 root issues that have ever happened anywhere. And they all go back to people, process, right? Um, structure, these things, the, the key components of the EOS model, right? And same with yours, they all go back to people and processes and structure. And so we just dig into those root causes and we stop communication, right? Um, I kind of got a little fired up there, sorry. It's, no, it's perfect, man, issues. I love it. I love it, I totally understand. We're, we're the same way whenever we're working with our clients, but. I really enjoy working with or speaking to folks, you know, after they start to implement the EOS system uh, for this conversation. And uh, it's, it's always interesting, just as you had mentioned, whenever they first learn about the level 10 meeting, they're like, oh my God, this, this, this is going to be brutal. And then to talk to them four to six weeks later, they're like, oh my God, this has been transformational for our business. It is yep. the, I wish we would have implemented this five or 10 years ago. It's always right. interesting to, to hear. Well, Mike, man, thank you so much for sharing all of these insights with us. You definitely dropped some nuggets out there for, uh, for us to consider and hopefully for us to put into our businesses to, to help us out. But thank you so much for your time. Look forward to watching you and watching you continue to grow your business as you help to grow other businesses. So thank you. Mike. I appreciate that. Love to help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Take care, Mark. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit Partnernomics.com.